Hello, Parent Warrior. I'm doing something very special for parents of children who have reading problems or ADHD. If you're tired of hearing your child say to themselves, I'm not smart or I can't do this, I have something special for you that I know will help. It's my free Building Child Confidence Intensive Workshop Series. This is a five-day challenge that I only do a few times a year, and I do it live. So register for my next challenge at buildingchildconfidence.com. Now, if you do need immediate assistance or help, and you want to discuss your child's problem privately, then schedule a complimentary 15-minute consultation call. Either way, I am here to serve. Go to jessicashields.com to schedule your call today. This is Parent Them Successful with author and licensed educational psychologist, Jessica Shields. Your child no longer has to struggle. On this parenting podcast, we unravel the complexities of the education system, give insight into intervention services, and offer encouragement and tools alongside your parenting journey. It's time for your child to thrive. Welcome your host, LEP educator and mama four, Jessica Shields. Hello, Parent Warrior, and welcome to the Parent Them Successful podcast. I am so glad you are tuning in because today I am going to be sharing with you three things you could consider if you have gone through this entire psychological evaluation process only to hear your child does not meet eligibility for special education. This is also known as does not qualify. And in the field, we say DNQ. And I know how frustrating this can be and how disheartening it is. So again, I want to share three things that you really could consider as you ponder the question, well, what next? And of course, I am going to leave you with a loving reminder and a challenge. So stick around for that. You definitely don't want to miss out. So let me talk about this process. So you've gone and requested special education testing for your child because your child is struggling. That's typically how the story goes. And you've probably heard the teachers tell you, oh, you know, we're working on this. They're a little bit behind. Uh, They need to tighten up this area, whether it's math or reading. And you've heard this for years and years. And maybe even in some situations, the teacher is providing all of this extra support to your child just so that your child can make the grade or make the progress that you want to see. And then even sometimes you might be in a situation where your child takes a long time doing homework because it's so hard or so frustrating and you just feel like they're not getting it or they need help. So I understand that many parents feel, okay, this must be a special education problem. So you may write the letter, right? And you go through the entire process. You're at the meeting, at the table, the virtual meet, or whatever it may be. And you hear your child does not meet eligibility for special education. In that moment, Maybe that is something that is very hard to hear. Maybe the picture that was painted 
by the school psychologist was that your child has deficits, but they're not low enough. Even though they recognize your child is struggling, they're still somehow able to get by. And getting by in your mind is not okay. You want your child to thrive. So maybe those are some of the things that you have experienced, or, you know, maybe you're in this process and you're fearful that that might be the case. You don't even know yet. So I'm here to give you those three nuggets or things to consider if that is the case for you. So let's talk about that. And let's talk about, first of all, why a child may not be eligible for special education. Well, first, I want to make clear that it's important to understand that there are two types of criteria that can be used in determining whether a child has a disability or whether they meet some type of eligibility criteria for special education services. So we have the clinical side of the house and we have the education side of the house. Now in the clinical side of the house, the clinicians, that's your licensed practitioners outside of the school setting, they're going to be using what we call a diagnostic statistical manual or a DSM. The DSM allows them to look at certain criteria to come up with a diagnosis. And that diagnosis has a billing code attached to it. And that goes through insurance. So insurance will provide services and support. Well, the education system is not set up in that exact way. In the education system on that side of the house, They use education codes. So it's important to understand that education codes could be similar to what the clinicians use for the DSM, but they're not exactly the same. They have similarities, but they're not exactly aligned. So for example, you may have a child who has a diagnosis of autism from the clinical side of the house. But when you take your child and Uh, to school and you say, hey, my child has a diagnosis of autism. Well, the education code may be slightly different for what they're looking for in children that are identified as having autism. So they may not meet the autism eligibility just because they have the diagnosis. So it's important to understand that those criteria, that they're very similar, but they're not always exactly aligned. And so that's why you may see differences even with a child who has a diagnosis. Now, here's another example. You may have a child who has a diagnosis of ADHD. That does not automatically get them special education services because it has to be adversely impacting their education to a significant degree. And that is often measured by academic testing in this psychological testing battery. So understand that just because a child has autism, a child has ADHD, it does not equate 
to automatic access to special education services. So that might be part of the reason why you're seeing this discrepancy. Your child may or may not have a diagnosis, but at the end of that meeting, they say your child did not meet eligibility criteria for special education services. It is really rooted deeply in the adverse impact on their education. Now, here's another caveat I really want you to understand. There is something called specific learning disability. And with specific learning disability, we're typically looking at children who have an average IQ. And we want to see if there is some area of their academics that is not aligned to what that IQ is. So say an IQ for of 100 is exactly average on this bell curve, okay? So you have an IQ of 100, but maybe the child is great in math and according to the math scores, they're right around that same range, 100, 102, 105, 98. But then when you look at reading, Reading is significantly impacted. So specifically, it's reading. That's why it's a specific learning disability. Maybe those scores are in the 70s or 60s. They have a hard time with basic reading skills and phonics and fluency, even though their brain should have the capacity to be able to read at grade level. But there must be something impacting, whether it's their memory, maybe your child has poor short-term memory or poor long-term memory or whatever it may be. Those would be their weaknesses because they have many other strengths, right? So there are a few weaknesses that are impacting and preventing your child from excelling independently without a special education, And so that's why it's very specific in nature, specific learning disability. And that criteria is very or is quite different from what you would see in the clinical side. The clinical side doesn't necessarily look at strengths or weaknesses. It just looks at here's an IQ and here is where the child is performing according to their academic testing results, right? So it's not as rigorous as what we might see in education code. Now, sometimes I see in my work, a child who does not have an average IQ ability. And so they're struggling in a class with other students who do have average IQ ability. So maybe this particular child has a lower cognitive functioning, Uh, let's just say in the 80s, okay? So they're really struggling to keep up. They need a lot more support in class. Maybe they're not getting that support exactly how they need it. So you're, as their parent, trying to figure out, well, what do they need? So the testing happens and you get through to the end of that meeting and they say your child doesn't meet eligibility, but yet they don't have that strong average IQ. Why? Why don't they meet criteria? It may be because the struggle that they're experiencing is showing that they're working at their capacity. So technically there is no 
discrepancy. Now, there are some things that you really want to consider if you are really upset about this or it doesn't make sense to you and your child is struggling. Maybe they do have a little bit of a lower IQ and they're working at the best of their ability. Everything's around those 70s or 80s and you feel like the general ed class setting is just not meeting their needs and they need maybe some pullout support or whatever it may be. So some of the things I want you to consider are these three options. Now, one thing you could ask for is, okay, my child does not meet eligibility. I'm feeling some kind of way about this. But because I listened to this episode that Jessica talked about, I have some things that I can bring to the table to come up with some solutions. First, you can ask for additional general education support. So you can say, okay, well, what are you guys going to do to make sure that my child's needs are being met without stressing my child out? Because we don't want to stress your child out trying to get them to do so many things that are hard and making them feel defeated, tearing down their self-confidence. That's not going to make them like school, right? So you want the teacher to do different types of activities that best meet your child's needs. Now, here's another thing to consider in this entire process. If you do hear does not meet eligibility criteria for special education, I want you to understand that the team can still make a decision in that moment to give your child special education services anyway. It is called a team decision. Okay, so I just want you to understand that that is a thing and it is on your IEP as a a part of your rights and a part of the process. You can make a team decision. So keep that in mind and ask for that. Well, can we make a team decision right now, especially if your child has a lower cognition? This is where it really is important, a lower cognition, and they need that extra support to basically meet the standards where they can meet it, because they may not be able to meet it in a way that their same age peers are meeting it and as quickly as they can. So keep that in mind. Number two, I want you to know that if your child has some type of diagnosis, say ADHD, or uh, they have any other type of diagnosis, like uh, sometimes we look at uh, epilepsy as a diagnosis, or they have some type of allergies that are really impacting them. And that impacts their ability to get to school, because maybe they have asthma attacks or they're missing school for some reason that's medical in nature let me tell you you can ask for a 504 plan so maybe you're not getting special education services but you need a 504 plan to just support and give your child extra time extra resources maybe modify the assignment a little bit so that they aren't being uh, held accountable for so much work 
that is really playing on or, or highlighting their disability. So they may not be as far behind as a child that we see typically getting special education services, but your child, because of their diagnosis, and it could even be autism too, they still need some extra support. They need some extra accommodations so that they can access the curriculum. So that would be a 504 plan. And you can ask for that in that same meeting. Now, another thing that is a little bit more adversarial, it's seen as adversarial, but it is in your rights as a parent is to ask for an independent evaluation. So independent education evaluation, IEE, and I've done a couple of episodes on this if you want more detail on it. So you can ask for that and the district can pay for it. And that is another option that you have because maybe you did not like the way that the assessment was done. Maybe there was something about it that just didn't sit right with you. You want a more thorough evaluation. If you feel it wasn't thorough enough, you can ask for that independent education evaluation or IE. And they have to honor that request. Now you only get one per assessment. So for example, if you're asking for a speech assessment and an occupational therapy assessment, then you can ask for an IEE for speech and an IEE for occupational therapy or OT. So you only get to ask for and get it paid by the district each time the district does an assessment. It's kind of like saying, hey, I want to counter you counter this with this IEE because I do not agree. So those are the three things. Again, asking for general ed increased support and also asking with that, you can ask them to consider making a team decision to give your child special education services. Number two, you can ask for that 504 plan, which is within your rights to ask for. It is a general education function, but it does allow your child to have extra support. And one thing that it helps uh, to to mitigate is when your child gets into high school and they go to take, say, the SAT. If they already have a 504 in place, they get more time. That's just one common accommodation with 504s or preferential seating, small group, anything that they need to support them, especially if they have ADHD and you want to minimize those distractions, right? And then, of course, you can ask for that IEE and Make sure that you understand you get one per assessment. Now, I want you to just keep in mind, it's not the end of the world if you hear your child does not qualify for special education services. Because now you know you have some options that you can ask for and you can have that conversation. And if that conversation becomes difficult in any way or you feel like you just don't know how to navigate that, of course, you can definitely reach out to me and we can come up with a plan together and 
bury those roadblocks, right? We want to knock those roadblocks down to get you access to what your child needs. And I also want to let you know that even if you've already had a meeting and you're listening to this and you're like, dang, I should have done that. It's not too late. You can still do that. You can still ask for those questions. Just uh, call a meeting with your school team. Now, here's something that I often see and I want to mention to you is that you have the right to request another evaluation in the future. Some districts will say two years in between the last, the first one or the the last one that was done and it was a does not qualify or DNQ uh, evaluation, but you can also remember that you can still ask for it to be done again by the school district. Now the IEE, you want to ask for that at the meeting because that is the one that has to take place in that moment. But the other things you can still ask for the 504 plan and extra support in general education that can be asked for at any time. But it's really best to ask it in that moment. Now, if you wanted to have a team decision, of course, that would be in that moment, too. But again, if they did not qualify and it's been a year or two, you can still ask for a reevaluation. I would say two years probably If your child is still struggling, it will probably show that your child needs that support if they're falling further behind. And I hate that this is a wait and fail model. It really is. Uh, But if your child is struggling and they need the help, they need the help. Right. So that's what I really want you to understand. So really, by now, I hope that you're thinking about your plan or thinking about this process and how you can be better. And so I definitely want to challenge you, of course. And for those who have gone through this process and feel like you didn't use one of these next steps, again, go back and make the ask, follow your gut feeling, whatever is in your heart, just follow it. And so the loving reminder that I want to leave you with today is that you You are your child's best advocate. Always remember that. Please always remember that. I know it gets frustrating. I know you get discouraged. I get discouraged at times and I work in the field and I have a child with special needs. And sometimes, again, I get discouraged, but I don't give up. Neither should you. And I hope, Parent Warrior, I really hope that this episode has blessed you. And if it has, simply hit that follow or subscribe button so that you don't miss any other episodes. And as you think about that sister or that cousin, that friend who needs this information, share that link, parentthemsuccessful.com. And make sure that they know the jewels that they're going to find right here you may be making the biggest difference in someone else's parenting journey. Now, if you're the type of parent like me who is serious about better supporting your child's growth and development, hey, join my email list for more free content and it will help you on your parenting journey. And you can join at strongerminds, strongeryouth.com forward slash 
join the list. And of course, that will be in the show notes. I really do appreciate you. And I thank you so much for listening. So until next time, be blessed and love on your children. Thank you for listening to the Parent Them Successful with licensed educational psychologist, Jessica Shields. We're so glad you've joined us and would love to connect with you outside of the show. To find more information about our services, the Empower House Academy, or to take our quiz, What's Your Parenting Style? Go to StrongerMindStrongerYouth.com. Feel free to email us directly at info at StrongerMindStrongerYouth.com. We'd love to hear from you. Other ways to stay connected are on Instagram and Facebook by searching Stronger Mind, Stronger Youth and on Twitter at official underscore SMSY. Until next time, be well and love your children for they are a gift from the Lord.